1: Lock Talk Radio. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. The drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain.
2: La da 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 dee.
1: La-di-da-di-da. Charleston was once the rage, uh-huh. History has turned a page, huh? The miniskirt's the current thing, huh? Goes on, the beat goes on. The drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain.
2: La da 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 dee, la
1: da 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 The grocery stores are mild. And men still keep on marching up to war Electrically they keep a baseball score And the beat goes on The beat goes on Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain la de da dee la da 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 Grandma's sitting in chairs and on this Boys keep chasing girls to get a kiss The cars keep a-going
3: Well, good afternoon. It's a little after five on a Wednesday, and it's perfect time for a cup of Joe. Have somebody answer that. It's probably the delivery guy showing up late, and of course, that's what we like to do to start our show off. Um, My name is Joe, Joe Grumbine, and I am currently the CEO and president of a little organization that we like to call the Human Solution International. And uh, we're a little civil rights organization that is scattered across the globe. And, yes, we're a human rights organization. We're not a legalization group, and we're not a reform group. And we're not trying to get anybody access to anything. What we're trying to do is protect, preserve, and carry on those rights, the civil rights, the human rights that we are all endowed with upon our birth. Seems simple, right? You're born, you're a human being, you have certain rights. Our founding fathers of the United States of America defined those as rights of life liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and they were laid out and defined in no uncertain terms, some uncertain terms, and some terms that were neither certain nor uncertain, but we have this constitution that we adopted as a nation, and it lays out a lot of basic ground rules. These are things that we are guaranteed as our rights simply by existing. And it goes through all the amendments and all of this and that, and they were clarified and changed and and added to and taken away from. There's only been a couple of major changes recently, and it's not been for a good long while. Now, these rules lay out what you can do simply by being alive. And then there are criminal codes, civil codes, health and safety codes that are voluminous. There you go, thousands and thousands of pages. We have over 500 people in our nation whose job is to make laws. Well, guess what these laws do, folks? They take away your civil rights. They don't give you civil rights. So this is something that we might want to think about as we're going through our next election cycle, looking at all the science on the side of the road, talking about congressperson this and and a governor that and a uh, senator this, these are people. I don't know how I got sideways, but I got sideways. These are people that are lawmakers. And what does that mean? That means their job is to make laws. Well, I don't know about you. I feel like maybe we've already been legislated to death. When we have to have a law to undo a law that already undid a law that was already done and then undone again, what the hell are we doing? You know, maybe the people should get a little bit more involved, and let's get it right. Instead of pointing our fingers at one person or another, instead of being all political about everything, instead of uh, slanting everything and biasing everything and making it be either this or that, why don't we talk about the truth? I'd love to have a political conversation with anybody about any specific truth, a real one. Well, we got to lay it all out, open it up, peel it away, and let's look at the real truth, and you'll see that both sides of the political spectrum are completely and totally full of shit. This is not a political show, per se, so I like to just bring up how screwed up the whole system is, every single bit of it, and for the last, every president since I've been alive... It's been a long time since we've had a president that I go, wow, I really respected that guy. He did something that is going to carry on. He did something that I'm proud of. He did something that I can say, yeah, that represented me as an individual, a member of this nation, a member of the human race, and all that good stuff. Can't remember the last one that did that. I don't know that there's been one in you know, certainly not in my lifetime. Anyways, the point is the human solution. We've identified a specific problem. Being a solution, you got to have a problem to solve, right? Well, it turns out they're not hard to find. And it turns out that this problem of prohibition is a pretty overwhelming one. It's a pretty broad-reaching one. It's one that covers so much ground that you know you look on 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 things like social networking and 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 news media and little micro news agencies that we have and you come to find out prohibition is a big problem and it's a big problem even and especially when people think it's been solved i hear people talk about prohibition being over i hear people talk about Well, we've finally done it. I hear people talk about we've done it in California, we've done it in Washington, we've done it in Colorado, and yet we're going to have a guest on the show today who just got through a case in California, you know, a criminal case. How can that be? How can it be that we have anybody going to court and facing charges of any kind? Prohibitions over? Oh, yeah, it's not. We passed some law that said you can do some things, but mostly it identified what you cannot do. Our previous law was certainly better than the law we have. The only difference is you can go to a recreational store without a doctor's rec and do certain things. Beyond that, it took away rights much more than it gave. It did take away a lot of penalties, and I will say this. Today, in California, the, the, the stakes have changed. We don't nearly have as much to lose as when I was going through my case. When I was going through my case, I was facing 12 years in state prison for the first time offense. That was what they were trying to get me. Had I not won, that's what I would have been doing. I would have served it. I would have been just. Just gotten out not too long ago, serving half time in California as, the, as it is. So, the Human Solution is dedicated to the notion that we need to create a world that no one has to worry about being in jail or prison for a plant, ever. No one needs to worry about losing their child for a plant. No one needs to worry about losing their job for a plant. No one needs to worry about losing their property. For a plant, nobody needs to worry about losing their money for a plant, nobody needs to worry about losing their home for a plant, and nobody needs to worry about losing their time for a plant. We're going to talk to Jay Moon about his case. And he won. He won as many people do when they stand up and fight. Got off with an infraction. Okay, but that didn't mean they didn't suck the life out of him, they didn't take his time away, they didn't make him go to court multiple times. They didn't, uh, he didn't lose his business over it. He didn't get evicted out of his property for it. Um, all that stuff did happen. It changed his life, even though, technically, he won. Mary Donnelly won. Didn't take away from the grief it caused her. Uh, Tom Corby won. It didn't take away from the grief it caused him. I won. Didn't take away from the grief it caused me. All of us that won still got beat to hell we're trying to make a world where that doesn't happen that's what this is about so we're going to talk more and more about legalization and and what it is and isn't and the human solution is going to carry more and more weight in this conversation this is a show that is brought to you by the human solution it's also brought to you by the coffee party and the coffee party radio network which we're grateful to have a place to be on. Actually, we own the Coffee Party Radio Network now, as there are no competing shows. We could literally have a show every day, and, sorry, Coffee Party, (laughs) we just keep on marching. Um, So, we love the Coffee Party, we support them in every which way, and uh, we're grateful to have a place to be. This show is also broadcast, or podcast, or uh, live-streamed on Facebook, and I'll puke in my mouth just a little bit when I say that word, Facebook, I understand um, the dude that did Facebook is one of the top three richest people in the world now, um, I'm sure that is working great for him, um, anyways, for the rest of us, it's a cesspool, where the same old whiny bitches like to whine and bitch, um, it's also a place that good people can come together and share information, and it's a place for the show to be Put on live stream, you get to see, uh, my little office and, uh, um, and how this show actually happens live. So, we're appreciative for Facebook for that opportunity, you know, say that with gritted teeth. Um, Craig Cecil, I, I got word that he's now aware of his situation with his father, um, Craig Cecil lost his son. He's serving life in federal prison. And uh, his son passed away while he was locked up. And now we just found out that his father passed away. And uh, I understand that he finally just got the message that that happened. So I don't know if he'll be calling us or not today. Um, But we always make this show available to him. I, I do shows even when I don't have much to talk about. And one of the reasons I do these shows is so that Craig has a public voice so that he, I can give him a teeny little bit of freedom when our nation, uh, the world as it sits today, took all that away from him. And, um, you know, I lost my father a couple years ago, and I know what it feels like to lose someone that you love. Um, but I was there to mourn him. I was there when he passed. I was there in his room when he took his last breath. I was there to eulogize him, I was there to memorialize him, and I didn't, I don't have a regret because of that, I I had a lot of grief, and I still have grief, but um, I couldn't imagine being imprisoned when that happened, Uh, it would compound that to a place of despair, and Craig is a person who I uh, get inspiration from his ability to maintain a positive attitude through such a adverse situation uh, bewilders me sometimes. I've been through a, a teeny taste of what he's been through when it comes to that, and, uh, you know, I thought I was going through a rough time, and I managed to be okay through it, but it was months, not years, and certainly not potentially the rest of my life. And so... Uh, You know, I have a deep respect for Craig. Um, I personally, as a result of some of the growing pains we went through, uh, became somewhat distanced from a lot of the inmates that we support as an organization. Uh, But Craig and I have remained uh, good friends. And whether he was in prison or not, whether we were a civil rights group that supported inmates or not, um, Craig is my friend. And... uh, one of the things that happens when people are locked up for any length of time but especially greater time than seven years is typically everything melts apart you lose your friends you lose your family you lose everybody people are not willing to wait uh, for somebody to get out of prison for very long and we've had it we've had exceptions to that rule you know Robert Platshorn was locked up for uh, 30 years and his wife uh, stuck by him and subsequently, recently passed away. I can't imagine that, you know, being locked up for all that time, your wife stays by your side, then you're out for a couple of years, and boom, there she goes. Um, it just doesn't seem right. So, you know, when we talk about ending prohibition, it's, it's. I know the prisoners typically talk about we gotta pass a law, we gotta talk to our congress people, um, and yeah, of course, we should do that, but remember, With public sentiment, anything is possible. With public sentiment, anything is possible. And without it, nothing is possible. And if we can't even elect a Congress that can't pull its head out of its ass, if we can't elect a president that represents our will and our needs, if we can't elect governors, if we can't elect people that represent us, what is our public sentiment? What are we saying? I'll tell you what we're saying. We're too busy and too lazy and too apathetic to give a fuck, but we can whine about it because we love to whine about it. We love to complain. We love to be righteously indignant. We love to say, oh, that guy. We love to do that. On both sides of the political spectrum, everybody's the same. And everybody's pathetic when it comes to that. Listen to yourselves. Would you listen to yourselves? You know? Reverse the role. Say what you're saying. Reverse the rule. How does it sound? Ugh. God, get sick of it, sick of it on all sides. All right, so why don't we now think about what can we do? We can do a lot of things. Yeah, we can pass a law. We can call our congressman. We'll do Make a job of it. Get to know your congressman. How do many of us know our congressman? Oh, probably none. A couple. Actually, I'll take it back. I know a few that do. And we consider them to be great activists and leaders in our midst. What, for doing something that every citizen should be doing? Yeah, I mean, good job that you're exceptional. We're all exceptional for being here and caring. But why is that exceptional? Our nation was built on on a premise that we were all part of the government, that we all participated I don't know what happened. Well, I do know what happened. And what happened is what they told us would happen. If we didn't stay on it, it was going to fall apart and be just the same thing we were fighting against. Here we are. Taxation without representation, just like it was oh so many years ago. You know, the Treaty of Liberty hasn't been fed in a while. And I am a patriot. I don't want to spill my blood for it, but I tell you what. Time for some change, some real change. One of the changes that we need to make as a society is what are we willing to accept? You know, I'm not going to talk about the whole immigration thing, but I've got to tell you this. If we were to sit there and look at the truth, all of it, instead of the little slices that both sides show us, I think we would have a different conversation. But we don't get to have that. We live in such a biased world. We live in a world where every news agency somehow has an agenda, and it's either very for this or very against that. And we don't get the whole story anywhere. We don't get the truth. Oh, I see how it is, Bobby, right now. All right, I got it. I see what you're saying. Uh, Bobby wants to talk. Let's see what Bobby has to say. (laughs) Hello, What's Bobby, happening? You <laughs> I got a message so, so on my board.
4: Bobby, right
3: now. <laughs>
4: absolutely. So, I, so I'm I'm sitting at at Harrah's in Atlantic City. I'm at the conference that you, you know about. Your audience does not. I'm at the Blockchain World Conference. Um, and the re- a couple of reasons why I'm responding. First of all. Y'all need to be paying attention to what Joe's talking about there. So that's the first reason why I called. I'm listening to what he's telling. He's talking about his friend who's in prison. And then it, and then he dove into the political side of that and telling everybody how to step up. This is real. And, and this is the second reason why I called. And I put it in the chat as we were doing this. And, and thank Lisa for making sure that, that, that the blurbs go out, that Joe's on the air, because I was scrolling and I got the notification because, you know, we're all tied together. You no, Joe is on my page, everybody. I take liberty with my coffee. Let me get my plug in real quick. So, when was the last time yeah, you did one so, of those? I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't hear. I've got a bad connection. So, so, so here, here's, here's, and, and, and so your audience knows this is going on. it's important, everybody, seriously. So, so this, this is really, really important. For a lot of reasons. Me personally. I met Joe relative to this person and actions that were going on in response to state-sponsored prohibition in the state of Kansas. That's how Joe and I met and started working together. And the Kyla Carrick case, the felony murder case that he was charged with because he was uh, had ele- had been alleged that he... Uh, facilitated a marijuana deal that was never an actual deal. The people who committed the murders, it was always about being a ripoff. And the, and lead counsel for the case was a woman named Sarah Swain, who has also become a, a, a good friend. And, and Joe and uh, Human Solutions International showed up in force, along with a large contingent of other people and family and friends, and they stood there in the face of the state, and we all talked about it. We did. I did a live broadcast. It was, it, was a, it was a national effort uh, that Joe spearheaded along with the council. And they worked together as a team, guys. I'm telling you, this, was, this is deep. This is, this is how activism is done. And I've had the pleasure of being involved in things like this and meeting other people along with Joe. And this is the kind of shit that goes on. And let me tell you what's happening now from the same crew Lead counsel for the defense, Sarah Swain, is running for the Kansas State Attorney General's office. So there's a lot of reasons why this is. in first reason it is important is because of what Joe was just talking about. Sarah stopped the, the, the city of Lawrence, the county where she lives and her office is. She stopped them, the Democratic Party, Stop them from sliding in a tax increase to build a new jail. She did it grassroots on the ground because she lived there, because she doesn't believe in jail expansion, because she's a, because she's a, a anti-prohibitionist, because she she fights for everyone, she believes in integrity, and she went out there and she led this thing and the biggest voter turnout in the state's history was recorded, and she defeated the bill with her fellow constituents. And after that, she decided that she wanted to run for attorney general because she was tired of waiting around and sitting around. So this echoes what Joe was talking about, about stepping up and trying to change, because I guarantee you that you could support her, and she will walk the walk and talk the talk and represent the people. And those are the ones that we need. If Joe ran, that's what he would get. If I ran, that's what you would get. That there are a lot of us out there that can do this, and we all have our piece of the puzzle. Everybody, and, and Joe was talking about electing elections and things like that. I work in politics. You all know what I do. You know, the, the, we all we all know what everybody does. We all talk about it all the time. It's this big, big deal. I'm going to be working with the United Nations today, relative to trying to solve problems and social impact on a global scale. With cryptocurrency, blockchain, Joe's involved in that. Joe's involved in everything good. <laughs> Pay attention to what the hell he's saying. Okay? This, this is how this works, everybody, damn it. Okay? <laughs> so, 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 Joe, I just was calling in. Just, I just had to do that. I, I really don't have any time. I'm so happy that you gave me the time. I just wanted to call and support you, and, support you, and I you wanted everybody to know what's going on with that. At least you can join mine, which I appreciate a lot. Yeah. I, <laughs>
3: he's such a ball
4: breaker,
3: attention okay. to the listeners that we now own the coffee party radio network, even though we used to just yeah. be a part of it. We are now it, but you
4: know someday that'll change again again. I just said just follow Joe. he's doing it all. I'm telling you, it's there he's carrying radio. I love it, mhm, well, Bobby, it's always I was a playing for is- Attorney general and uh yeah, and uh and well, what yours. we need
3: to do, let's get Sarah to come on the show. Um, oh, absolutely. You know, oh, absolutely. I, I worked totally. with Sarah hand-in-hand totally. hand through the character case, and, and we worked for a little right. while afterward we trying to get a, a whole other thing together. But you know how it is with all these activists, yep. volunteers, yep. like yep. herding yep. cats and scorpions, and it just doesn't work so good generally. But, um, yeah. you know, one of the things So, that, so that hey,
4: one more thing, one more thing real quick that, that I thought of while you were talking, because you, you inspired me immensely, okay? <laughs> so, one, so one more thing. You were talking about the immigration thing, and I saw a really, really powerful meme that I want to tell your audience about. It was... So, so the, picture, the picture had a television on in a jail scene, I had a television on, and on the television it said uh, children reunited with their families in Thailand because of the cave. And the audience that was watching the newscast were the kids that are locked up in the cages at our border. And I don't give a fuck where you are in that issue, everybody. That's a deep fucking picture, if you can just imagine that. Kids Locked up for doing nothing wrong, from parents who did nothing wrong. We're talking about asylum seekers watching television and watching kids being reunited in their parents and rescued by and, and, by, and being the, the country that is holding them leading the effort in rescuing them. And there's there's your dilemma, everybody. Children in cages. So I'll leave you with that. Well,
0: we need to
3: have some real conversations about this and and. Peel away the the real issues. I mean, there's so many. You know, there's so it, it's it's a it's a simple problem to look at and identify as a problem, and yet solving it is more complicated. And I think we need to start focusing on solving it rather than focusing on just going, you know. And and I exactly think exactly right. I welcome real conversation, real solutions. I welcome Sarah to come on the show and let's talk about her campaign. Um, you know, these are things absolutely. that, um, you know, we're a 501c3 nonprofit. We do not um, officially uh, endorse or sponsor any legislation or, or elected official or candidate. However, we're an educational organization, and we absolutely That's right. uh, welcome anybody who's seeking office or wants to educate our, our listenership uh, to any uh, event or issue that is relevant. Uh, this is one of those things. And here's that, the
4: deal. And, yeah. and to add to that point, to add to that point, is it's going to be all about the polling numbers that gets her opponent to the debate. That's how that's going to work. So the, the interest in Sarah needs to be strong, and she gets to put the incumbent in front of her. She is the candidate. She's, this is not a primary. She is the candidate on the Democratic ticket for uh, state attorney general. And she really is an independent, uh, especially considering the relationship that uh, the, the way the party has been acting in the state. Independent but, is certainly you know. one of them. <laughs> yes, indeed. So you awesome. said, well, I just had to do that. And, and, um, and yeah, go ahead. Uh,
3: please extend that offer, though. I mean it. And I would I would wholeheartedly welcome her to come and do a segment on the show.
4: I'm going to tell her in five minutes. Beautiful.
3: All right, Bobby. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, and you're one of these folks that walk the walk. I I, uh, I stand hand in hand with you. It, it's uh it's hard to find somebody as committed to making real change in the world as you. You're you're you walk the walk probably better than I do in a lot of ways. So uh, it's good to good to call you comrade.
4: Yeah, man. I I echo that back at you. And everybody, stay cool. I'll talk to you soon. Awesome.
3: All right, folks, Bobby Rodrigo, he's a member of the Human Solution. He's also a member of the Coffee Party. And uh, here it is, Craig Cecil, um, calling from federal prison where he languishes in Terre Haute, Indiana.
5: We have a prepaid call. You will not be charged for this call. This call is from Right, Cecil. An inmate at a federal prison. This call is being recorded and is subject to monitoring. up to decline the call to accept...
3: Craig Cecil, how are you today? Hello, Joe. Here we are in, uh, well, it's
5: sunny and 80-something degree Indiana at the moment. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's probably a little more humid where you're at than where we're at, but we just got through a, a wicked heat wave, and uh, now now the temperatures have cooled up, but we have the, uh, the moisture coming in from the southeast, and... It's felt like Jamaica here for the last few days.
5: Oh, it's been hot here. Today was a a respite. It was only 88 degrees, but tomorrow and the next few days, we're back in the mid-90s and uh, high humidity.
3: Well, I would say maybe for the first time in a while, we're probably going to be in similar weather patterns. We're going to be holding this pattern for the next week or so, and uh, you know we'll get like a five-minute splurt of rain and then... 24 or 23 and three-quarter hours of hot
5: and muggy. <laughs> well, I'm having one of those days that we all know is like part of the uh, prison experience, but, uh, you know, it's just kind of difficult when they when they come. It's, uh, at 5.30 today, I got called to the lieutenant's office which is usually really bad news. <laughs> it's usually the prelude to them locking you in the shoe or something like that. But unfortunately, the reason they called me down there is to give me the message that my father has died. And um, as much as we know, you know, especially with elderly parents and all that, that, you know, that is gonna happen. You know, it, it really doesn't make it comfortable or, you know, what can I say, you know, it. Although it's expected, it, it doesn't make it easier like today when it did happen.
3: Well, um, I got the news yesterday, um, and it went across the the activist world. And I was asked um, earlier in the show to not mention it because you didn't know and to have you reach out to your daughter because she was trying to get a hold of you. But um, then I got word that you did hear, so... I I, I share my condolences, and I want to assure you that um, there's a a, a huge groundswell of support and condolences coming from the activist world. Um, I I know of dozens and dozens of people that are, uh, you know, feeling your sorrow, and I, I talked about it earlier in the show that, you know, I lost my father a couple of years back, and it was difficult but I was there with him when it happened, and, and that was the the big difference. And, and you've now had two losses of a family, family member, you know, since I've known you. I couldn't imagine, you know, that. And we're talking about ending prohibition and one of the many, many reasons why. But But, you know, to think that we live in a world where on one side of the spectrum there are people that are poised to make millions of dollars and they're spending millions of dollars to be part of, 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 of a, an industry that's developed. And that very same industry is the reason that you are serving a life sentence in a federal facility and having to endure this. And it's all happening
6: in the same country.
3: You know, uh, my
6: name's Jay, and I, I'm here. So I'm a friend of Joe's, and I was locked up when I got the word that my father had passed away and
0: uh, on a nonviolent drug
6: charge. And, uh, I can't put into words what that's like, brother. My uh, my heart goes out to you. It's, uh, thank you, thank you. It's a hard, lonely day. And I think
5: that's... Go
6: ahead. No, I just... You saying those words brought me back to those times years ago, when I was sitting behind bars,
0: and, you know, they called
5: Let's me. Let's call. It's from a federal prison. And I think that's one thing that everybody kind of misses, too, when somebody goes to prison is, uh, I'm the eldest, and I have two younger sisters, and, uh, most likely I would have been, you know, making all the arrangements and all that. My sisters, you know, would have expected that, but... You know, now they're thrust into roles and thrust into a situation that, you know, they didn't anticipate. No, it's not
6: just the so individual. really, the, the whole
5: family suffers, you yeah.
6: The whole family is a victim of, a, of, of an inappropriate drug war, and the, the cost is, is beyond calculation. I'm sorry for your loss. Um, I'm, I'm thank
5: sorry you not thank not deal with Like I say, you know, my, my father was 82 years old, and we all know that this day is going to come. That you want to be there. You want to be, you know, part of the family and all that. And I, you know, it's my family hurts even more, you know, because I'm here and not there. You know, so it really affects everybody, you know, much more than it should.
6: Oh, it's it's beyond calculation.
5: Well, Craig,
3: um, is is there anything that beyond, you know, the usual that um, anybody, you know, what happens sometimes in a situation where, you know, somebody on the outside gets touched, you know, we're reaching a broader and broader audience all the time, and more and more people are aware of you and and this, and it's a – you know, I'm always the guy trying to make a batch of lemonade. And so I look at an event like this and I say, well, there's probably one more person that says, shit, that, that's enough. i got to do something about it. So maybe, you know, is there something that we can direct uh, a new advocate or somebody who has decided to step up and, and, and help us a little more to do? Can you, can you think of something that, that needs doing?
5: All I can think of is at the moment, uh, you know, just to uh, remember that when a, a person, a father, a son, you know, um, uh, a brother is, is sent to prison, it affects not just the person that's sent to prison, but, you know, all those people that are, you know, left without them, you know, out on the street. Now, like I say, if we can remember that, I've been in prison now for 16 years, and, uh and as you know, you know, with a life sentence, you know, I, I'm just waiting to pass myself. But uh, this shouldn't happen, you know. People shouldn't go to prison for life for possessing to distribute or, in my case, conspiring to fix trucks for people that haul marijuana and uh, receive life sentence especially when violent offenders receive up to 20 for not murdering Well,
3: Craig, I, I, you know, i, I got to be honest. That, that truck fixing thing is pretty brutal. I mean, they're, they're oh, horrendous. They're my some, God. You know, God, that's some of the worst of the worst, those truck fixers. God. <laughs>
5: Uh, yeah, the, the marijuana that was in my case was never in the same state with me. <laughs> it had previously been in the truck took. <laughs> well,
3: you know the thing Watch that's off. worst about the whole thing is that 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 pot came up from Mexico. It probably wasn't very good to begin with.
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> I mean, you it, it was probably, you know. The
3: bulk of what was available, I'd say. <laughs> well, I mean, at least they could have done it and got you for some good pot. <laughs> Aren't we shipping to Mexico now? Isn't that
6: how yeah, I Yeah, I does think it? we're sending
3: it to Mexico yeah, now.
2: Yeah. All right.
3: That's what I hear. There's American produced uh, marijuana going to Mexico. Yeah, it is better. I can right. tell you that. <laughs> oh, gee. Well, how's the softball team going?
5: Uh, it's going well. It's going well. It, it's funny at times, you know, and it, it is fun, you know, because like uh, the other day, you know, two older guys came and visited me when I was behind the backstop, you know, keeping score and trying to settle the rules, <laughs> the rule dispute. And one of them was in a walker and the other one is elderly. And it was funny The all the guys that were on the bench, you know, had fun and all came running over. Uh, to make a play of uh, protecting me from the old guys. Who <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have the charge
3: of the old geezers, huh? That's it, that's it. You
5: know, so inmates do have hearts, and there there is camaraderie, and you, you see it a lot in, in those kind of settings, because that, that made those old guys say. <laughs> there is
6: a brotherhood.
5: Well, I, I hope
3: somebody's yeah. shooting some video of this. I I would like to see... Some footage of the of the Terre Haute uh, uh, softball team antics. I'm sure there's that there, there would it would be enjoyable to watch. It oh, a,
5: it, a lot of it is just hysterical. <laughs> People don't play very well, and, and it, it's just a riot.
6: But they Over are the weekend are some games we up. sometimes. I don't. There okay. are. They, they do get competitive. Oh yes,
5: yeah. 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 Now, over the weekend, I, I don't know if this is something indigenous to Chicago, but uh, a lot of Chicago, actually mostly gang members, we all got together in uh, what we call a 16-inch softball game. It's a much bigger, much softer softball that, you know, you don't wear gloves to catch. and You know, it's just a big, well, 16-inch, you know, softball. And uh, it was funny it. with – we, we – we played a game of that. All the gang members were dispersed over the two teams, and it, it was just hysterical. All these people that generally would not get along were just razzing each other and having a riot. So it's a situation you just wouldn't see anywhere else.
3: <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy world, and it, it it exemplifies that people are people wherever you go. And, you know, I, I in, in my fortunately somewhat brief, incarceration period. I I was with you know, in the county general population and you wanna talk about a mix of soup,
5: you know that's the worst thing.
3: everybody's in the same <laughs> dorm all at the same time and it's uh it, it it's you get a, a, a quick slice of of you know a survival uh, scenario and you have to uh you know think about things in a way you never would think that you would. You know, we think of ourselves as intellectual beings and spiritual beings, and and you get into a situation like that, and it's not like that anymore at all. It's very practical, and very specific, and very political, and very, uh, it's called the program, for God's sake, and if you're not with the program,
0: you're going to have some
3: issues. (laughs) Consequences. (laughs) Yeah, and and so, you know, you learn how to adapt very quickly, and you learn how to exist in a place that um, is very unfavorable. to people existing, and, and and
6: and humans get broken down to a very elemental uh, uh,
3: situation where you know you you become identified by the color of your skin for God's sake, and that is the defining uh, uh, situation. Who are you? Well, I'm one of these guys, or I'm one of those guys. That's how you're defined, and yet you get out here in the world. And how dare you? <laughs> how dare you mention that? <laughs> you know, so it's a, it's a, it's a very strange uh, uh, dichotomy and conundrum as it happens in that, in that arena. that well, prison has its complete set of its own rules. Let's call it from a federal prison. You
5: can only learn once you're in, in the middle of it. <laughs> oh, yeah,
3: and you better learn quick. Otherwise, you get, you get a, a rough. A rough awakening. <laughs> you to get schooled harshly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't learn quick, you will learn quick. The other. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, you catch any good news? I know I get most of my news on the on, on the current status of prohibition from you. So, what what uh, what have you gathered this week? Ah, uh, well, I I told you in our, our little private call last week that uh, one of the people in my dorm here. Put in a petition
5: for post-conviction relief right. in 2008, right after his trial, saying his trial was unfair. They used things that were not fair. And, uh, well, on February 3rd, the day before the 4th of July, the judge finally got around to looking at it, and they threw out all his convictions. So he's just waiting to go back to court to figure out if they're going to retry him or, you know, what they're going to do. But it took him 10 years to process that motion, you know, and the guy is sat here... Probably for no reason at all, you know. As a result of a bogus trial, now they've acknowledged that
3: it's bogus, but it took them 10 years to do that. Well, and, and you know, that just goes to show you the nature of our justice system. You know, I mean, you talk to a, an advocate attorney, and they'll say there's no justice system, there's a legal system. And if you don't know your way around the legal system, you got no chance at justice. And, unfortunately, you've, you've seen uh, the worst. Of, uh, Craig, here's your second beep. Go ahead and finish it out. Well, my push, as you know, is, is uh, uh, for
5: people, you know, any listener, to please get a hold of your congressman, your senator, your House of Representatives member. Uh, Why do drug charges and marijuana charges carry up to life, but violent crimes only, you know, subject a person up to 20 years in prison? We need criminal justice reform, and our
3: our congressmen, you know, need to look at. There it is. The 15 minute cutoff. Halfway through a thought, Craig Sussel gets cut off. Just lost his father, and doesn't get to finish a conversation. Why? Because he got busted for pot. Good job. All right, I have with me a co-host who decided to make it. <laughs> Welcome to California Traffic. Yeah. Uh, this is a man that I call Jay Moon, and he's a brother in arms. He's, he's uh, a guy that's been uh, fighting alongside of me for a long time in, in, in a number of different fronts. We come from a lot of uh, similar, similar places and similar thought processes, and he's a guy I was talking about earlier that uh, here in California – um, just went through a criminal case where it's legal where it's legal where it's absolutely legal um now we have our canadians supposed to be calling in soon probably in the next 15 minutes and we've got uh, glenn keeling on the line we got Crete leffler on the line and pete yapel and tom corby all to talk um so what i'd like to do and i need to take a very quick skedaddle for a second so i'm going to Give Jay the floor to tell his story about how he got here, um, his interaction with the Human Solution International, and what happened yesterday um, as as a a culmination of it. So,
6: Jay, I'm going to turn it over to you. I've got a bit for a second. I'll be right right back. Well, I I arrived with Joe back when he was uh, in the midst, just prior to his uh, going to trial years ago and uh, we've sort of been joined at the hip ever since. Uh, we went uh, from medical cannabis to actual medical cannabis together, and uh, it's, it's been a journey that I can't even put into words. You know, to, uh, to listen to Craig tell that story about his father and, and being in prison just brings back why we fight um, and why we do what we do. My situation... Um, I thought I would have never landed in court due to the simple fact that I only work with cancer patients. I have all of the necessary documentation uh, prior to licenses, licenses being issued last year. And uh, I'd had police encounters four times over five years and never charged or had a plant cut down or anything. And uh, lo and behold, in January from one of those visits, they uh, filed charges against me for unlawful marijuana. And uh, I, of course, claimed I did nothing wrong, and we were at zero of ten yesterday when um, 40 of my patients showed up and sat in court, and lo and behold, they dismissed everything. I, uh, yeah, I, uh, the power of people standing up and Joining together is the only thing that is going to change this system. And to think of someone doing life in prison over anything related to cannabis is so incredibly, incredibly wrong on so many levels. Um... To have your father pass away, to be serving a life sentence for something like that, I mean, it, it, it you just can't put into words. When we arrived in court yesterday, the prosecutor threw a two-inch stack of paper on the bench next to my attorney and announced ready for trial. East L.A., I didn't understand the strategy at the time, I was kind of uh, commenting to people about how empty the courthouse is, and that, you know, there's free parking, and it's easy to get in, and there's no lines going through, and when he dropped that on the bench at 0 of 10, I realized why they put the marijuana court in an East L.A. empty courthouse, because there's only a few cases on the calendar when there's normally 60 cases on the calendar, and it gives the prosecutors plenty of time to prepare for trial on a marijuana case. I don't even like to use the word, but that's how they charge it. The uh, East L.A. positioning is also advantageous to the prosecutor because East L.A. has been ravaged by crack and drugs, and due to lack of education, that's grouped together with cannabis. Last year I went with one of our uh, political action leaders to uh, East Los Angeles um, to sit at a town hall meeting with voters and council members from East Los Angeles. And, and, And these folks equate cannabis to crack. And there is no community in Los Angeles that has been more ravaged by drugs than East L.A., more disproportionately prosecuted and had their sons and daughters, primarily their sons, swept away for, to prison for drugs. Um, and and they, they, due to lack of education, they, they lump cannabis together with that. So they are the perfect and only gene pool within the city of L.A. that would be anti-cannabis. And it all came together yesterday that the genius of how they have structured this for a marijuana court in Los Angeles is diabolically brilliant. And to be quite honest, if my patients had not shown up yesterday, we would be cramming for trial right now. And we would be readying to go to war. But because that courtroom was literally filled with people prosecutor dis- dismissed all unlawful marijuana charges and broke it down to an infraction which is basically the equivalent of a traffic ticket frankly it was a very bitter pill to say yeah okay there's just too much on the table in terms of cannabis licensed patients and to make a business decision over my activist tendencies was a bitter pill for me to swallow but i'll take a traffic ticket equivalent make this go away and get a license and do what i need to do for the people that that we help um the power of people standing together and, and and working together is without question when i
0: when I was driving
6: here, and I normally it's a two hour drive, and I planned to be here an hour early, and I could not believe the traffic. It was like, "Oh my, oh my God uh, and, and you know, some friends had called and said there were thunderstorms and washouts and flash floods, and I was like, "Oh, okay, okay. So on my way here, a friend in my network texts to say that Dr. William Eidelman, who is a holistic doctor who recommends cannabis for patients and children with seizures and autism. And I've known Dr. Eidelman since the 90s. Uh, He has been on the forefront of doing what's right for patients in this community for as long as I can remember. And uh, tomorrow he is in front of the medical board. They are trying to take his license. And it's just we've entered a period where they're not so much trying to arrest us out of existence. um, Now we're being legislated out of existence. And those that don't have a license will be arrested out of existence. And those that do have a license are now pitted against those who don't.
3: Oh. Well, I want to
6: talk about that for
3: a second, because this is one of the things that pissed me off the most about all of it. Um, and I witnessed it in Colorado, I witnessed it in California, I witnessed it in Washington, uh, maybe not so much Oregon yet. <clears throat>
6: no, Oregon, they, Oregon. they wrote, uh, there's, there's only out. 72
3: people in Oregon.
6: Pay your 1800 bucks, and yeah. you've got an acre. Go to town. Who cares? There, there,
3: there, there's, there's only three cops and 72 people in all state. There's not. I think there's four or five. Okay, all right. But, I mean, what I'm <laughs> saying is it's not a heavily populated state. There's a lot of space and a few people expects, except for, you know, in the port towns. Other than that, it's nothing. So Oregon's got its own unique set of circumstances. Yeah. Most of it is involving mold and powdery mildew. Um, and humidity and rain, but short of that, you know, the people are pretty laid back,
6: they are,
3: and and, and, and they're not nearly as oppressive. Um, prior to legalization, it was pretty much a a logging and retirement town, and yeah. not much else, and a few pot growers. Yeah, Portland. Yeah, Portland. I mean, that's yeah, there's, there's a couple of of exceptions to that. Yeah. But short of that, get out, get away from the port city, and there it's ain't pretty. much going on. It's gorgeous. Okay, so but, but the thing that gets me the most, okay, and, and I've been against legalization from day one. Legalization is not the answer. We need to repeal this shit. We need to end prohibition entirely. Treat it like a damn plant, like it wants to be. You want to treat it like, like this alien virus, um, we're going to get what we got. We've got an untenable situation. We got, what, what we end up getting is a few people that get to be players in this, And we get prices that go through the roof, and most of the people that need it most can't afford it. That's ultimately what we get. Insurance will not cover cannabis. I don't care who you are, where you are, it doesn't cover it. Maybe one day when we finish the job, it will, but today it doesn't. Doctors are losing their license over this in legal states. How does that work out? Oh, yeah, it works out because of the federal law. It works out because the medical board doesn't have anything to do with the state laws doesn't have anything to do with it. Teachers are losing their licenses. Uh, nurses are losing their licenses.
6: Truck drivers. Truck drivers.
3: Anybody who has a license, freaking a real estate agent can lose their license if they get a conviction over pot. Okay? That's where this gets so screwed up and complicated. But what happens? What happens? All right? You get a handful of people that are capable enough to go get a license, and they got to come up with, All this money and all these hoops and all these favors cashed in and everything to get this. Well, guess what they do
6: to the people who don't have a license? They turn into rats. It's the same Republicans versus Democrats, white versus black, uh, farm workers versus illegal or undocumented, and now it's licensed versus unlicensed. And as long as we're at each other's throats, we will never look at the real problem. Exactly. It is done by design, and it has worked it for works. millennia. Divide and conquer.
3: And, people fight each other. They used to tuck it loud. It's the twilight though <laughs> where the aliens came down there, flicked these switches, and watched everybody tear each other apart and say, see how easy it is? Terraform it
6: now. Poosh. And, and when you a, get right down to it, there, there's a lot of common ground between a Republican and a Democrat. There's extremes on both sides. Of course. You take out the, you know... The, Get to the truth. You take out the Lee Atwater who came up with wedge politics and that was God, guns, and gays. Okay, you remove that from the Republican talk. Mostly there's a lot in common. People, people just want to work. Wherever you go. They want to have a safe family. They want to have a good opportunity. And, and, and they, they don't want to be oppressed.
3: Nope. You know, and, and, and all the rights that the Democrats want and all of the be left alone that the Republicans want turns the same, same thing. Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing. So anyways, that all being said, we got a lot of callers. I want Jay's gonna be co hosting with me today. We'll let's continue, let's, continue this conversation as we go. Let's switch places yeah, let's switch. so I can push some buttons here as all we're going. I, I I get to be the great and powerful Oz. Oh, we got our Canadians on the line. Woohoo! All right. So, we got a whole lot of people gonna talk um we got glenn keeling we got pete Yaple, we got tom corby creed leffler and two of my favorite people in the world janice and devin davis now i've only been to canada one time
6: they won't let me in and
3: <laughs> they won't let a lot of people in somehow i
6: slipped through the cracks
3: <laughs> but i got to tell you um it's a beautiful place i i, I you know the politics or politics wherever you go But I have said this so many times, the the Canadian people are some of the most pleasant, nice, genuine, amazing people that I've ever met. And I've been all around. I haven't been all around the world, but I've been in a lot of places. And, you know, people are people wherever you go. But the Canadians are just exceptional. And Janice and Devin embody that exceptionalism. And not only are they just the, the, the most kind, gracious people, but they're fierce advocates. Um, and, and they have put themselves um, at great sacrifice many times to get out there and be out there for the people that needed it. I've seen them lead the charge. I've seen them marching in the snow. Um, and I got a chance to spend some time with them last year, and it was A memorable, amazing time. I I, I will always remember Canada, and I will come back. Like it or not, folks, I'm coming back.
6: Um, Canada's forewarned. But
3: they've got, uh, you know, a lot of things going on right now. Um, Supposedly legalization is here, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. They just had an event that they hosted at, and um, we're going to just bring us up to speed. i like to get the general... uh, uh, finger on the pulse of, of how our chapters are doing, and um, you know, again, I just like talking to these folks. So, without any further ado, uh, Janice and Devin, welcome to the show. It's always a pleasure.
7: Hi, Joe. Hi, Joe, and thank you, Connie. Uh, yeah, <laughs> very, very kind. We're looking forward to your next visit and uh, creating some more memories. It was, uh, it was a great visit last time, and uh, hoping that's just the beginning. And. Uh, um yeah, oh, we just
3: yeah, we'll have to think um about the next trip before too long cause, uh we're coming up on a on a good time between the summer and the and the winter to to get up there and see you guys again. um, so oh. why don't you tell us what's been going on now, what's with the whole legalization thing out there? I keep hearing sort of conflicting reports on one end, um oh, it's legal on the next end, they're cracking down on this and cracking down on that. How does it all work out?
6: Sounds
7: familiar, yeah, well. With legalization in Canada, that will be coming into effect on uh, October 17th. We've actually created uh, over 40 new offenses. Oh, good job! <laughs> uh, if that says anything, yeah. And uh, so, like, if you'd like to hear some of them, um, you oh, know, yeah. a public, possess- you know, a public possession of more than 30 grams of dried cannabis would be an indictable offense where you could face up to five years imprisonment. To- or a summary conviction offense, where a persons would face up to six months imprisonment, plus up to $5,000 fine or a $200 ticket. That, with regards to their 30 grams possession, they talk about. Uh, it refers specifically to dried cannabis. So other forms of cannabis products would be subject to this uh, quantity conversion that they've, they've devised. And their conversion is one gram of dried cannabis is equal to five grams of fresh cannabis, 15 grams of edible product. 70 grams of liquid product, 0. 0.25 grams of concentrate, solid or liquid, and one cannabis plant seed. So one cannabis. <laughs> can you imagine that? Hey. Like, uh, <laughs> oh
3: my God! And you get to think that somebody got paid to sit there and hammer this out. I wonder how many hours, how how many billable hours went
6: into creating these calculations. The right. one plant. 0.25 of concentrate.
7: Wow. Just crazy. And if you are caught uh, distributing to minors or being involved with, with minors in cannabis in any, whether, any way, it's an indictable offense with a penalty of up to 14 years' imprisonment or a summary conviction offense where a person could face up to 18 months' imprisonment plus a fine up to $15,000. So uh, we're looking oh, yeah. at possessing more than four non budding plants. Now in Canada, uh, some provinces are allowed to have, will be allowed to have, in October uh, four plants recreationally, but some provinces will not be allowed this. So it's allowed, it's allowed federally. Two provinces, in Manitoba happens to be the one of the unfortunate ones where people won't be allowed to grow four plants recreationally. Oh, so um, yeah, possession of more than four non-budding uh, flowering cannabis plants could be an indictable offence. We face up to five years in prison or a summary conviction where you could face six months in prison or fines up to $5,000 or, again, a a $200 ticket, whichever they decide, eh? Um, Public possession of of carrying uh, just, you know, budding plants and whatnot could land you an indictable offense of up to five years or a summary conviction of up to six months plus a fine of five grand. It's roughly the same thing for distributing. Um, possession, production, sale, distribution, or import of material used to produce, sell, or distribute illicit cannabis could be an indictable offense, with a penalty of up to seven years imprisonment, or a summary conviction offense of up to six months imprisonment plus a fine of up to five thousand uh, dollars. The last one of the last ones that I selected to, to bring up here is just a—it's kind of a biggie. It's an unauthorized promotion, false promotion, prohibited publication, prohibited packaging, labeling, prohibited display sale with appearance appealing to young persons, sale of non-permitted class of cannabis, sale of cannabis containing nicotine, caffeine, ethyl alcohol, sale of recalled cannabis, sale or distribution of, via a self-serve uh, display or dispensing uh, machine, uh, or offenses um, Or offenses. these would be created by regulation. It could be an indictable offense with a penalty of up to three years, or a summary conviction facing for the first offense up to six months imprisonment plus a fine of up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Subsequent offenses, however, may face up to eighteen months in jail, plus a fine of oh. up to five hundred thousand dollars, or a ticket of fine if provided by regulation, but also administration penalties of up to one million dollars per violation. Now
3: that sounds downright Orwellian.
7: That's legalization in Canada. And I I know I've also said I wish that Bob Marley, if he was promoting legalization, if that song had taken this movement anywhere, I wish we could go back in time and call it Repealize It because, you know, the best legalization we'll ever have will be under full repeal and descheduling. And that's what to me, you know.
3: We've been talking about that for so long, about the choice of words. You know, words are the most powerful tool we have. And if we choose them wisely and we choose words that are powerful and effective and correct rather than just catchy, um, we might get what we want. And, unfortunately, we deluded ourselves into thinking we wanted something that really wasn't what it was all cracked up to be. And a handful of us have been saying, wait, 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 the whole time, and everybody's like, no way, hey, we're good. And, and you know, I, I, you guys didn't mention any of the penalties Um, that come to driving offenses, and I know I saw an article that was talking about that. In every single place in in America where legalization is passed, that's one of the big uh, situations where they can hammer you because they don't have an accurate way to judge impairment other than a visual thing. And I've always said, you know, we have simulators. Why not get a portable simulator, put it in the back of a cop car, and make you pass a damn video game But they don't do that <laughs> They do a blood test or a, or a breath test And they do this metabolized test And they're just yes. absolutely not accurate Even the alcohol test is somewhat inaccurate But blood alcohol is more consistent than cannabinoid presence right. And you can have I know so many people that ingest on a daily basis More than 1,000 or 2,000 milligrams of of THC, tetrahydrocannabinol, delta-9, fully decarboxylated, which is the Mm -hmm. most active way that it can be taken. And they're taking, you know, more than 1,000 milligrams a day internally. And most people would generally, I would be out of play. I would not be able to drive... But these people are fully functioning and don't even feel high from it. And to think that that's the case where alcohol doesn't work that way, even if you're a heavyweight, people still get drunk. And oh. if you got a 0.12 alcohol in your bloodstream, most people are pretty
6: drunk. Oh, yeah. And um, cannabinoids, I, and you reach a point of saturation where it doesn't matter what you take, you will not be impaired, stoned, or high. And you could take 500 milligrams the first day via suppository and, again, not be stoned, impaired, or high at all. So and I think there's studies coming out now where, you know, people that uh, that are, you know, they do, you know, smoke out a joint and drive, that it does not affect a driver like it does alcohol. Um, yes. and if anything, we slow down a little bit and we're a little more careful. Well, <laughs> I, I've told this story before. Um,
3: but you know how I am, I'm a storyteller, so I'll tell it again. Um, but when I was, I was 18 years old when I got my driver's license, my parents wouldn't let me get it. I moved out of my house when I was 17, but I couldn't get it on my own without a parent until I was 18. So as soon as I turned 18, I went the Isles of Rebel even back then. Anyway, that all being said, (laughs) water under the bridge, I'm sure, I'm sure it was all their fault. But uh, <laughs> but I went to go get my driver's license, and I was also a bit high-strung, as I still am. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm a spaz, okay? Everybody knows it. But I was that way back then as well. Go figure. The first time I took my test, I failed it because I was just too, you know, intensely trying to pass it. The second time I took it, I did the same thing. I did a stupid thing. I failed it. I was like, shit, I can't f- fail this thing three times. So what did I do? I smoked a joint. And then I went in and I took that test and I aced mm-hmm. it. And that was the thing that I knew would calm me down <laughs> because I'm a spaz
6: You and medicated. I needed
3: to settle down a little bit. So I took a couple of hits off the joint and I aced the test.
6: Perfect. Wow. wow.
8: Nice. And
3: it's the truth. And I know plenty of people that, that are that way. Now, does that mean that everybody should smoke pot and drive? No, but not everybody should drive. Period. And some people shouldn't drink a cup of coffee and drive, and some people shouldn't, you know, take their whatever their uh, anti-depression de jure, or pain med, de jure. So, how, what, what's the deal in 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 the Great White North about the the driving?
7: Well, Janice was going to touch base on that actually after here. And, and I was
0: just going that. to mention that with <laughs> regards to the impaired driving laws, it also applies to those with medical authorizations for cannabis, and and just two nanograms, but less than five nanograms in your of THC per milliliter of blood can give you a maximum thousand dollar fine just for having between two and less than five
7: with no signs of impairment.
0: Yeah, with no signs of impairment, and also too. Not only are they talking about saliva tests, they want to do roadside um, blood samples, and then you got to wonder what are they going to be doing with these blood samples and your DNA right. after they take it, um, exactly. like where, on the, on the road.
7: Where does this get stored?
0: This this is the DNA.
7: Wow, wow. They're what giving them a wrong?
0: tremendous amount of power.
3: Wow. Well, and and for those of you who don't know what a nanogram is, it is gotcha. one million. Of a gram, okay. It's not a thousandth of a gram. It's not ten thousandth of a gram. It's not a hundred thousandth of a gram. But it is one millionth of a gram. You could not identify a particle size that small on your fingertip. You couldn't do it. And so, and a milliliter is a cc, okay. So if you were to take a cc oral syringe, as we've all seen before, fill that sucker up with blood, and have one particle that is one millionth of a gram inside of it, that's what they're saying is impairing you.
0: Yeah.
3: Just a point of reference. Well, yeah,
0: and they say for that. some, for over five nanograms, the first offense is still a $1,000 fine, but a second offense would be a ma- mandatory minimum of 30 days imprisonment.
3: Oh, God.
0: Yeah. And it's on from there, so...
3: Now, now, what is the what is the the local, um, you know? I mean, the, the problem. I mean, I don't know if it's a problem or a blessing. But you guys are just so darn nice. Is anybody pissed about this?
0: <laughs> Definitely, a lot of people are actually more worried now after legalization than they were before, and a, a lot of people are expressing concerns about the driving because a lot of a lot of responsible people do drive when they have used cannabis, and a lot of people can drive. Um, Perfectly fine with uh, with no impairment.
7: And it actually enhances or improves or prevents uh, yeah. symptoms of some people's health conditions in some cases. So it's a, it's a benefit to them driving.
6: So Canada is worse worse off with legalization, just as California is.
7: It's yeah. It's it's not any better than it was prior to legalization here. That's for sure. Yeah, people
0: will still be terrible. going to jail, and a lot of and people will still be getting like fines.
7: Well,
3: and you know, the thing of it is, is people a lot of times will overlook how the oppression is because they will wave in front of you the carrot, and they don't, you don't pay attention to all the sticks that are coming through. And if you think about it, imprisonment or a fine or a restriction or some other thing they're taking from you can be just as bad, sometimes worse. I know people that have opted for jail time rather than paying an exorbitant fine because it was easier for them to do that. You know, it's, it's, it's a thing that is you're, you're, being, you're being oppressed through this by whatever means it is. And that is, um, you know, that's what we're up against. That's what we're dealing with. So um, uh, I don't know. I, it, it, it blows my mind. So you guys were just recently – at um, At an event um, and you want to tell us about how that went? It sounded like you guys had a really good response.
7: Oh was it the unity
0: cup? yeah, the unity else? cup it was Great at the end of end of uh, June, and uh, it was basically a craft cannabis judging competition, and they had probably over eighty some different um, uh, samples for those that did judging and aside from that, they had vendors and they had food trucks and community um,
7: Venue from venues from Yeah,
0: people from across Canada yeah. came, Eventually. and it was very successful. Everyone had a great time, and well, um, over,
7: uh, probably over 150 ribbons at least out there. Yeah, and uh, uh-huh. yeah, it was a great way to engage I the public. It. Yeah, and uh, and it was all about craft cannabis and and licensed, not licensed producers. It was not about it's not about the the government and these their greedy affiliates and the monopoly that they're really trying to hold on us while they give us this uh, legalization. People have been begging for, and I'm so tired of hearing the. Well, it's baby steps. It's baby steps, but I, I, A lot of we people got left way.
0: out in legalization, yeah, and I guess yeah. this is kind of one way of, you know, not uh, giving in to it. No, yeah. So we won't That's be going. In.
3: To me, it's a <laughs> euphemism for baby
0: shit. Pardon my friends. but I mean, you know, it's it,
3: it's a thing that we we fool ourselves into saying it's okay, and you know, it's 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 not. Um, when you have a situation where you have a natural thing that has no business being restricted in any which way, and then you come and you say it's totally illegal, and then you come back and you say, well, it's not totally illegal if you do this or that or the other thing. I can still mm-hmm. remember when I came up and visited and we toured that facility, and the one thing that struck me, the, the, the greatest thing that, that blew my mind was that you guys are okay with irradiation as a, you know, treatment for pest, or not pesticides, but, but um, biological uh, uh, a problem. And it's totally safe, they say. You know, blast it with radiation. It'll be just fine. And that's, you know, the government is totally behind it, and it's totally safe and totally good.
6: Doesn't and sound safe to me.
3: It just doesn't sound okay to me. And how many people, no. go ahead, sorry.
7: No, you're absolutely right and I agree and it just leaves more room for growth for craft cannabis and uh, the way they're pushing it underground if, if the quality is only going to get better there. Uh, there's a lot of people who really uh, don't like that either. They're, they don't want their, their product irradiated. They don't want it uh, uh, sprayed with these approved pesticides and, and sprays that some of them have affiliations with Monsanto, Monsanto, Monsanto even and uh, so there is, there is quite a pocket of resistance here but uh, <laughs> Uh, the ripple effect is still is still ongoing, I guess.
0: And say. I guess we'll see too, once uh legalization um happens, we'll just see how well received those um cannabis uh stores are accepting with the, the cannabis that they provide.
7: Yeah, and these what lights... when they I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that was it, I just it exactly what Janice said there.
6: What we see here in California is uh when a store goes legal, it's a novelty thing, and uh, everybody goes in to buy an eighth, and they pay 80 bucks, and they're like, wow, I'm never doing that again. And, <laughs> and the numbers are dropping off, and the licensed stores are hemorrhaging and bleeding to death, and, of course, that makes them angry at the unlicensed ones. So we have the desired result here in California where the industry is at each other's throats. And, as long as we are doing that, then we are not focused on the problem and the focus on the problem is prohibition needs to end it is it is right.
0: for sure like we can, we might not even be able to come into the United States having uh admitting that we use cannabis or 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 in some sort of cannabis industry from what we're hearing
7: and there is you know this delta nine facility that we uh we toured there Joe. They, uh, they have lately, or for quite a while now, we've been hearing, they've been taking samples from the police that the police are using, uh, giving to them from, you know, their own raids and arrests. So somehow there's an affiliation with these licensed producers doing these favors, and it's only, you know, they're, they're just trying to, you know, drive the, the black market further underground, I guess, or they think they can eliminate it by doing this. Uh, they feel threatened, obviously.
6: You know, there was a, a TV commercial that I saw last week from Seventh Generation, and um, the spokesperson was holding the natural uh, laundry soap, and all she said was, made from plants, not protein. This is big. And we're going to see this coming more and more, and, and and we all know here that it's about protecting centralized wealth and the petroleum monopoly and versus decentralized wealth and wealth from the farm and the land and individuals and that's why we have so much pushback and i think until we get money out of politics and we uh publicly fund elections and we take the financial influence away from politics everybody gets x everybody gets this much time to debate you have six months to get it done go until we have an election cycle like that versus what we have now um I, I don't have a lot of hope for change because the people that control the pocketbooks that fund the politicians are the very corporations that are protecting their market share by influencing yeah. the laws the way they stand.
7: You you? Well,
6: you guys, um, I, I, I am just so pleased
3: with, with the work that you guys do and have continued to do. How is um, that shop that we went and, and did our little uh, in-service, how, how are they doing? How are those folks doing?
0: Um, a little bit of um separation there um changed hands they've changed yeah. hands and but the the one guy that uh did run it, he actually opened up another shop called canafam, and he's just kind of starting up and getting people coming in and making it in kind of to resource and like a multi um, kind of opportunity place there but um but yeah, there's a little bit of you know things that have went on and People have kind of moved on, but um, all in all, still relatively the same.
7: I uh, just to give a little plug, but I guess uh, the Human Solutions Friendly, International's Friendly Manitoba Chapter will also be attending uh, the Convention Center in Winnipeg in November of this coming year uh, the, for the HempFest. Uh, is that still sponsored by DABCOR? Yeah. Uh, sponsored by DABCOR. So we'll be uh, representing there also if anyone's uh, listening to this and available that day to check us out. Come say hi and check out the event. Oh, well,
3: that is fantastic. Well, you guys. I know that you're aware of this, but um, I'm going to choose this moment to just remind everybody that um, our biannu- or our every other year—I guess that's biannual—but either way, every other year we do our elections, and those elections are coming up. And all of our board positions and all of our executive positions are in play. And there is on the website a, a page for these elections and. Um, Everybody who's been a member for two years or more has, has uh, is eligible uh, to not only vote. Every member is eligible to vote, but um, you'd be eligible to run for a, an office. And, you know, it's, it's a very prestigious position because we have these great, giant um, salary packages that <laughs> are actually, uh, we don't actually pay in money, but we pay in unlimited, intangible benefits. Yeah. And we call it the joy of doing good shit um yeah. but, but um, it is very rewarding, and it is certainly uh we've got a great leadership team, we and have we're a business card um a business card, yeah, no, we don't have a business okay. card. We got everything but that a <laughs> okay. check. We have unlimited intangible <laughs> benefits uh-huh. that would be a tangible benefit all, all, of clarified. Our, all of our benefits are intangible, mm-hmm. but they feel really good in the heart. Yeah. And we get stuff done, and we make a big difference. So anyway, I just want to remind you guys that that's going on, and uh, you know, should you feel like participating on that level, we would certainly welcome that. Thank
2: you. Thank we you.
7: Will. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, um, anything else you want to bring to the table?
7: Um, well, I don't know if this is true, but we just want to offer our, our condolences if, if, if it's in fact true that, that did Craig Cecil's father pass away while he was in jail.
3: Yes, uh, he just found about it today. Um, he was on shortly before you guys came on, and he just found out about it earlier today. We found out about it yesterday, and, uh, you know, his father was 82, and okay. he said, you know, it was expected, but still to be, uh, He, Craig's the oldest child of his family, so as I was when my father passed, I was the one who, you know, stood up and did that eulogy, and and, and represented the family when it was all, uh, you know, the memorials and all that. And Craig should be doing that, and uh, he's not going to be able to do that because he's locked up. So certainly, okay. that, yeah, it, it's it's it's. I I told him though um, that the community um, stood behind him, and that there was. I offered condolences on behalf of the whole community, and I and I certainly include you guys in that um,
7: as oh, well. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's always on our mind, and he's one of just a few other people there that we always try to re- re- represent and remind people of, that uh, there's still people going to jail even for life, or these de facto sentences, and it's happening right by our neighbors here. And so, yeah,
3: it's very true, and um, again, you know, we're so uh, so grateful for the work you're doing up there. People think, you know, people just don't know. The ignorance about prohibition is so blinding sometimes. I feel like I'm you know, driving through a snowstorm because people think that everything's just okay. And it's not. just not. And, uh, you know, we have so much work to do. You guys should be able to grow 100 plants in your backyard if you want to without anybody blinking. They should look at that and say, wow, what a good job. And instead, um, you would be facing charges,
6: and it's just insane. Doesn't sound very legal.
7: Not really. And you can still stand outside of the Remand Centre. Like months ago we were for somebody who was being held in custody and we got our signs up saying no one should be going to jail for a plant. And uh, you still get people driving by saying, what do you mean? It's legal, man. It's going to be legal coming up. And we're saying, you know, tell a family in there that doesn't speak English. You're not getting properly represented and they're in jail for a plant. And, you know, explain that to them.
3: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Well, you guys have... um the hearts of uh, uh, of warriors, and I, I'm just so pleased. I, I, let's talk, um, you know, later on in the week, I want to, you know, think about making plans, um, you know, for the fall to come up and see you guys again. I was hoping to do it in the spring, but, you know, time goes by. As we get old, time just goes by so fast.
0: <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and your weird. daughter got married, too, I see, yeah, congratulations too. on that. Yeah. Okay,
7: well, we gave you that online, but that's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah
3: no, that was, uh, we've had a lot of, a lot of amazing uh, uh, steps happening in the family, and and the Beautiful. human solution is growing in a, in an amazing way. We have some really uh, uh, strong leaders that have come forward, and uh, you know we're we're representing in some of the some of the difficult places to represent, and um, you know we're 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 carrying forward slowly and steadily. I'm really yeah. proud of the organization. Yes, sir. Well, um, once again, uh, great job, and it's always such a treat to, to have you guys join the show, and I just appreciate you being here. Thank
2: you very much. Thanks time for having All us.
3: All the best. All right. Thanks once again, Janice and Devin representing our friendly Manitoba chapter in Manitoba, Canada. The only chapter we have, by the way, that has friendly in their name, as I was mentioning. Just love, love them. I can't, I can't express that enough. All right, so we're going to bring up some more callers. We've got a lot of callers, and, again, we're running out of time. So um, we're just going to keep going here. we got Glenn Keeling up next. Then we'll bring up Pete Yaple, Creed Leffler, and we'll uh, have Tom Corby uh, close the show down. And, Lisa, you're going to call uh, George Martirano. Uh, he's under George M. Friend. Um, all right, so let's start with Glenn, Glenn and Peggy are currently fighting a case in Ohio where it's somewhat legal. Glenn, how's it going? Welcome to the show. How are you guys doing today?
9: Hey, we're doing good tonight, Joe. Um, Glad to be on the show and and always glad to be with The Human Solution.
2: Uh,
9: Welcome, about. Hey, thank you, Jay. Thank you. I'm pretty sad about uh, Craig's dad. You know, a loss is always really sad, but when the situation that Craig's in, that you know hits a little you know harder and and uh and just it, it's hard to recover from something like that you know in a situation and, and my heart really goes out to him um sure. legalization really sucks and it doesn't matter what state you're in um legalization is, is a really shitty way to, to really screw a lot of people um it's it's time that we you know we you know and, and I know that we say this every show and, and we discuss this you know it, it's time that we quit saying that word legalization because legalization doesn't do nothing except well you see what happens in Canada they added forty new you, you know charges that you get bullshit bullshit you, you know it, it's it, it's a plant it grows in the wild without anybody pissing with it to begin with. And that's the way it should go back to because legalization, you know, and a lot of activists scream legalization, but but, but look around what legalization is doing. It's screwing us. It's putting people still in jail, you know, for lifetime. I mean, you know, sick people, people that are sick, that that are truly sick, that are dependent on this plant as medicine, Goes to jail. That is a life sentence for most of them, you, you know. And, and it's it, it, it's legalization is a deadly word. It's it, it's a word with, with very sharp word.
3: Yeah, it's so true. And and you know that's part of what we're trying to work on is crafting our message better. You know, part of the message is that. And I I, I spoke to the guy Robert Kowalski uh, today. I. I kind of gave him a ration of shit because, well, I've been trying to help out veterans now for uh, coming on 10 years. And every time I get a veteran that says, oh, yeah, 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 we want to help, we want to help, we're going to work with you, and then you get in and you start working with them, and then they disappear, and he did the same thing. Um, and he says he's been busy and this and that, and I believe him, of course. Uh, but I told him, I go, you know, I'm just I'm trying to surround myself with people that are doing what they say. And, of course, he's had the same issue, you know, you got a group, a, a volunteer group, and you know it's hard to get people that'll show up every day. It's 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 even harder to find people that'll show up every day and do what they say they're going to do. <laughs> Those two things are nearly impossible. So over the years, we've slowly gathered a team that's willing to do that. Um, but I I told him I said you know I really want to work with you. I want to be able to share our resources and 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 you know the 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 things that we've learned and and have figured out how to do with with the veterans, and he claims he's going to come aboard. He's going to come on the show. I hope he does. Um, you know, we obviously welcome him. That's 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 where I get my feelings hurt a little bit. If I had feelings, um, <laughs> <laughs> it would be leave <laughs> him up. at the door in this job. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> I'd be a wreck if I had those things. Yeah. But the bottom line is, um, you know, that's part of the message. He asked me though, what can we? What can I do besides teach about jury nullification? Well, jury nullification is another thing. So teaching people about what legalization is and what ending prohibition is and the difference of that is certainly a valuable message. Two, of course, the value of jury nullification, your right as a juror. Teaching people about their rights as citizens, um, the right to deny uh, a search, the right to not talk to a cop, the right to all these rights that we have that we don't exercise often enough. You know the right to remain silent. Um, do a it, people. One. Probably the best one ever. Every time I and I trust me, I've been guilty of it. I'm not good at remaining silent for anything. It's not one of your known <laughs> yeah. characteristics. I, I I don't know. Yeah, yeah. If you were to punish me, you might put a piece of <laughs> duct tape over my mouth and I'd be, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> but, but that all being said, I don't talk to cops. You know, I did that once, and I ended up locked up for two months out of it. Yeah. Um, it. It's never a good idea. Never talk to a cop. So that's another thing that we can teach people. But I think maybe one of the most important things is that when we stand together, I wear this ribbon, this green ribbon here with the little red cross. We call it a solidarity ribbon. Look up the word solidarity and see what that means. It's when you stand together, you, you hold each other up, you lock arms, you become part of the same Team, the same unit. I keep watching people do their own independent little things, and I think to myself, wow, it would be better if we were all doing it together. And it always would be better if we all did it together. And that's another part of, I think, showing that public sentiment rather than a thousand little campaigns going on all over the country that nobody knows one's connected to the other. Why don't we work together? Why don't we connect ourselves as? A movement rather than what
9: we have become. Right. That would that would be an amazing thing because I mean, oh my God, there's a crap ton of different organizations out there, you know. Um, but back to the Robert Cross. You know, I'm right here in Ohio. Robert's right here in Ohio. I, I'm I'm more than willing to to work with uh, Robert and, and and you know partner you know this part of a Human Solution. It'd be a you know Human Solution chapter working with veterans. I am more than willing to work with uh, Robert on any uh, project that he has, you know, as far as representing human solution on that. Um, but right now we're asking for people to, you know, we're still needing letters and wanting letters for court support. Um, Peggy posted is, is posting the uh, address for the letters. Our court support, you know, listen, we go to court July 25th at 9:30. Um, 101 North Main Street, and that's in Salina, Ohio. Man, we need to get a lot of people out here to support us. for those, You know, support is huge. And, you know, it goes back to what you were saying, solidarity, standing together. You know, we're asking for people to come out and support us, come and stand with us, you know, going through this case. Uh, 9.30 on the 25th, Salina, Ohio. Come join us.
3: And, and you know what, if you're anywhere near up in Ohio, put it this way, folks. If this case goes to trial and they pick a jury, guess who's going to be on a plane heading to Ohio, okay? I mean, that's unfortunately what it comes down to sometimes. Some of us have to actually stand up and walk the walk. When a jury gets picked, we need bodies in the courtroom. These pretrial things, come on, locals, Get up, take a half a day off. Go see what it's really like inside a courtroom. It is not what you think. Anybody who's ever actually been in court, anybody who's ever actually faced charges, it isn't like the TV shows. It isn't like any of that. It's (laughs) as wrong as wrong can be. You don't have any rights. Even if you have a good attorney, the judge is just as likely to say no as he is to do the right thing. You know, it, it's 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 just how it is. I I don't know how many people I've watched come out of court support with their jaw dragging on the floor, going, "Oh my God, I didn't think that could happen," or "They can't do that." And and
0: they
9: did, <laughs> and they did, and, and, and they got it, all it's what up. they call the wall. You know, you know, they got the law on their side, and they can pretty much do whatever they want, however they, they want, and, and 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 you know. It happens every single day. I mean, legal states, look what's going on in the league. Pick up the newspaper, turn the TV on. It's not, I mean, wake up. That's that's all I got to say. Wake up and, and, you know, support something bigger than what yourself is. You know, people are, are are dying, you know, because of this plant, for this plant, over this plant. You know, come together, support, show solidarity. That's the kintang. Solidarity, that's what it's all about.
3: Exactly. Well, Glenn, we're running real low on time, and we still got a bunch of people to go. We're going to have to go lightning round on this. But as always, we stand by you. We support you. Um, next week, um, we're going to start doing interviews with candidates, and you are a candidate for a couple of offices, so I want you to talk about that next week as to your reasons for for. Uh, nominating or accepting a nomination or being nominated and, uh, you know, how, how, you, how you feel, uh, why you think you, that, that you would be the person for the office. We're going to start having those conversations next week. So Glenn Keeling right with our <coughs> Creative Care Beacon chapter in Ohio, um, and his wife Peggy, just very, very grateful that you guys are part of this. And know that we will stand with you all the way through this, and you will prevail. Good luck to you guys.
9: Thank you. Thank you, Thank you guys very much, and you guys have a great evening.
3: You betcha. You too. All right. Now we got Pete Yaple. A little bit. Uh, gosh, I think. I think North or South. Not too far away from Ohio, but uh, <laughs> Pete Yaple is, uh, is 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 uh, an amazing individual, and his wife Helen. Um, they're running our Solidarity Over Separation chapter in New York, and they're tearing it up. They're pioneering the way. They're doing public access TV, and they're teaching us how. And we've got such we're we're
9: we're 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 putting
3: out live shows on public access TV now. And uh, Pete's becoming an expert in the, the running the board and running the cameras. And um, we're lagging behind. California used to be the the leader in all this stuff, and we're dragging our asses behind you guys, but you're lighting the way, so let's see what's going on. Pete, welcome to the show.
10: Hey, Joe. How's
3: it going, man? Oh, it's going great. Always a
10: pleasure. Always a pleasure to talk to you guys, too, man. Listen, I am absolutely tonight exhausted. I have... (laughs) This whole TV experience thing, dude, is honestly probably one of the hardest things I've ever done, but... Uh, but well worth it. Every minute that I put into this, um, every every minute Helen and I both put into this, I should say, uh, not just me, uh, is I think it's going to be great. Like you say, this is an absolute way where we can. This is one way where if we all connect, we can all connect. It won't matter what we're fighting for, or whatever. We can spread this news. It community.
0: Is important,
10: and what we're learning with our uh, doing this is that radio and television are absolutely the most polar opposite things you're ever going to find in your life. I promise you. Uh, and do it, you know, producing a radio show every week is one thing, and we still do that, obviously but now adding this TV bit to it and in in so many markets, you know, that's what the pro, that's what the thing is with us is that we're in so many markets on different days and you know, meeting, you know, deadlines and getting things in and edited and you know, produced and and put in. It's been crazy, but like we're we've extended our how we're doing things cuz you know, our 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 uh chapter does more educational stuff uh, because we really don't have any cases here, you know I mean there are cases here, but nobody 's come to us i mean we've put out we've you know believe me we 've reached out, but um that doesn 't mean we should stand still. you know what I mean, just because we have a fight it it, it 's like you know if um if everything cleared up in in Michigan with the water, does everybody in Michigan stop fighting for water no. You know, I mean, like, you, you, you pick up, and you just you, 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 adapt and go. And James and I last week, uh, James Tenney, he, does, he helps us out, him and his wife, Nikki, so much. Without them, I don't know if we could do it. But uh, we just went remote with our camera and just rode around and looked for something. And, you know, we went to, we went to something we thought was scheduled, and it wasn't there. But, you know, energy works in a great way, and we got led past two things, and there was an Alexis lemonade stand, an Alexis uh, lemonade stand, and Alexis lemonade stands, I don't know if they're out there, but here, uh, they're for childhood cancer, so it was just like, wow, well, what better way for me to interject some cannabis oil into the conversation, but um, uh, they were too busy to interview us, so we just did uh, like 20 interviews with some local people, you know, some beekeepers, some sustainable farm guys, and just people selling their wares, and just gave the community an opportunity to to be on the show, and they knew what our show was. They knew what we stood for, and everything else didn't deter them in any way, shape, or form. Which was great that we got such a uh, you know an open reception. Um, but we're we're trying, Joe. I mean, we're just trying to make a difference as we always do. We're we're I mean, I've been awake now for thirty six hours trying to get the show oh, on. You know. Yeah, I, it yeah, it's been crazy because uh, I hate <laughs> computers, you know. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do. I hate them, you know. Like, I have no interest in them. I, I get all crazy when I'm on, on them. And, you know, I, but so it takes me ten times longer. But then again, people, everybody that's listening, understand this, that, you know, we're all doing this and we all love doing what we do. Helen and I love the fight. But – you know, and thank God for people like James and Nikki Kenny. But there is always something you can do to help in this community. I mean, there's people like me that don't mind being out there. You know, twenty of the twenty-four hours a day doing something. But I can't, you know, do some of the littler things, and I I hate to call them littler things because those littler things, without I can't do the bigger things. You know, but if you've got some computer skills, if you've got any. Any, uh, any, any, not, not only interest, but uh, uh, expertise in film or editing or any of that. I mean, these are things. I've got a guy here, Mike McCarthy, I haven't seen in probably 30 years. And uh, Helen had put up a post, and come to find out, he's a teacher at the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's been kind enough the last couple times to edit our shows, but he was unavailable this week, so now it's – you know, up to good old me, and that's not ever always a good thing. <laughs>
3: well, Peter, I, I feel very strongly that this whole new venue, this whole new platform that we're learning to get into, we're going to be reaching some very large, broad markets, and we're going to get into some hostile territory in a, in a way that we might be received well, because there's people that listen to public access TV regardless of what's on it. They, they listen to every all the programming. Yeah. And to be able to interject a, a show and say, boom, here's new programming, you got thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of listeners that – we'll listen to you and hopefully we can grab them and keep them so at least some of them i receptive.
10: yeah joe and the thing about it is 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 that everybody has to understand and like i say we're we're beating our heads against the walls everybody thinks facebook is the answer and and we all know it's not and especially those of us that really do fight this that it, you know facebook is great for you know communing and spreading a word here and there but it doesn't get anything done. This audience that we're going to reach local access, just think of who watches local access TV, you know, uh, older, it's an older crowd It's people that we can, it's a demographic. We don't reach every day and a demographic that votes, you know what I mean? (laughs) They vote. So we, you know, we, you know, everything is important. Everything is relative. uh, And, and at the same time, uh, it, it is, but what I want to just really quickly do is uh, I, all around all around there 's protest and all around there's all this huploo and you know and negativity that surrounds things it, and I just don 't think we do things a lot of times for the right reason, so if with your permission, we could just take like five to ten seconds just to be silent for a minute. You know, people take knees for reasons, man, poor Craig sits in jail, man let 's just take ten seconds. A uh, silent time Just every one of us that's listening Just to shoot him some positivity To him and his family If you don't mind, Joe
3: i say let's do it Starting now
10: Okay, excellent
3: I mean now
2: <laughs>
10: Alright, man Excellent Thank you very much, uh, Joe uh, Listen, anybody meets me or Helen, please look for us at www.cannowetalk420.com. You can call me anytime. My number is always open, 845-522-3162. The one thing you find when you really are doing things is that we do need community, and we do need outreach, and we do need to spread this across the country I don't care what coast I live on. If it's, you know, 10 o'clock in California, feel free to call my house at 1 in the morning. I'm not one of those people that will ever, uh, you know, uh, be upset that you call me. And uh, I apologize to Joe and to Sage and Amdal because I am constantly forgetting the time to <laughs> and texting me at <laughs> 8 o'clock in the morning my time. <laughs> Good. but to everybody peace man we've got a class next uh, uh next uh friday as usual at the holistic healing studio our monthly class which this month is going to be a great one it's a review of our first four classes so if anybody whoops did we lose pete i think we lost him either we lost
3: him or we lost us yeah hopefully we're still here all right pete i'm not sure what happened but i think we lost you um Hopefully we're still here, and
5: uh, we'll.
3: Here! Oh, there you go. You're
5: it on in here. Go Helen! Go Helen! Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Get that man
2: back
8: there. Wait! He fall over! <laughs> what happened? No <laughs> wish. I just my
10: phone. I was so freaking food to my car, my car radio. You know it's crazy. So, uh, but uh um, I don't know what you didn't hear, other than the fact that we've got a class this coming Friday, the 20th of July at the uh, Holistic Healing Studio, Denise Orzek's place, as we do every month. It's a review class of the first four hey, classes. Me. And this Saturday we'll be in Lackawax in Pennsylvania filming a music festival. So God knows we don't stop.
3: <laughs> Get some sleep tonight, Pete. Get some sleep.
8: <laughs> we love you, Helen. I'm going to try. All right. We'll talk love to you guys now. soon. Good night. All right.
3: Bye. All right. <laughs> All right. We got 11 minutes left in the show, and we still got three guests coming on, and me and Jay still got stuff to talk about. I think we're going to go a little bit long, but not not too much. So we're going to bring up Creed Leffler next. We got George Martorano has called in, and then of course we'll have Tom Corby to close it down. And then me and Jay will have a couple of parting parting shots. So Creed Leffler has uh, put together um, a number of petitions, and we have promoted them on the show um, numerous times. Um, he's an advocate and an activist and um he's trying to make things happen. Creed, welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
8: I'm actually a canvicate.
3: You are I'm actually a
8: candidate.
2: a
3: candidate. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I, I totally agree. I like your terminology. So what's happening today?
8: We have six thousand 331 signatures
10: We have 6331 signatures. Yay! Of, Not too
8: shabby. Not too shabby. As of As of today.
9: As of today.
8: So
3: what's the what's the new goal?
8: Um I would like to be I would like to see like eight thousand.
3: Eight thousand—that's a good number. All right, folks. So this is this is the um, the ticket the off schedule one petition, correct? Yes. All right. So Lisa's going to be sharing the the link on our live feed. Um, and, and Creed has put together a petition on change.org to uh, remove uh, cannabis from Schedule 1. And, um, you know, it's, it's one more way that we can get out there. If we were to drop a couple hundred thousand signatures on one of these things and get it to go across Congress and, and across uh, the president's bow, I don't know maybe they'd start taking action. So we certainly, uh, I've signed it, and uh, everybody I know has signed it, but it's time, there's a lot of folks <clears throat> that haven't signed it, and it's time to do it. So, um, you know, Creed has been yeah. a, a, a member of the show for a few months now, and um, he's been part of Pete um, Yaple show and, and several other shows that I know of. And really, <clears throat> he's doing what he can to bring awareness, and he's doing more than a lot of folks I know, yep. so let's get out there and support him.
8: Yeah.
10: It's on moveon.org. It's on moveon.org.
8: Oh, jeez, God, I get everything wrong. You see, that's
3: why I all I am is a dumb radio host. <laughs> moveon.org. Lisa will post the link to the... To the
8: um, to I still have some... news for you all.
10: I do have some news for you all.
8: Oh, let's hear it. Let's hear it. I'm trying to get Wiz Khalifa to be on board with us.
10: I'm trying to get Wiz Khalifa.
8: Oh, well, that would be great. Let's I'm do it. I'm trying to get you I'm talking to his team right now.
10: I'm talking to his team right now.
8: Oh, excellent, excellent. Well,
3: if you get him or his team uh, willing to come on the show and talk about this project, I'll give them a place to come. I'll be glad to glad to uh, participate that way.
8: Okay, thank you all.
3: All right, Creed. Well, I appreciate you being here we got only a few minutes left, so I'm going to have to cut it short. But Creed Leffler, we will be posting a link to uh, the moveon.org petition, and uh, we'll get some more signatures today, I'm sure.
2: All
3: right. Thank you, Creed. All right. Up next, we got George Martirano. And uh, everybody, well, you know what? Most people that know anything about this movement that have been part of of working on prison reform, working on ending prohibition, supporting the victims of the drug war. And I don't use the word victim lightly. I don't, um, I don't advocate victimhood in any way, shape, or form. But there are truly victims, and some people um, that have been victimized by uh, just uh, uh, decades and decades of terrible policy um, have got caught up in a legal system that was unjust, um, and ended up languishing for many, many years in a, in a place that was designed for dangerous people. Um, George Martorano was one of these, and he endured, he prevailed, he, he, he never gave up, he stayed focused, he stayed positive, and through his will and his determination and his righteousness, he's now on this side of the razor wire, and we're glad to have him that way as always. George, welcome to the show.
11: Hey, my brother, how are you? How's my West Coast family? You and Liz and Kathy Z and D.D. Kirkwood, all my loved ones out there. You're my family, and uh, tonight I want to talk about. Uh, uh, I want to talk about sincerity. I want to talk about uh, the host of the show, uh, Joe Grumbine, along with his staff, that's his wife, and his family out there,
0: and uh, what I've
11: been doing. Uh, what we've been doing, amazingly, is we've been administrating and we've been helping an awful lot of ill people, ladies and gentlemen. Once you know this man is hosting the show, we've been helping an awful lot of sick people with CBD residents. And and uh, he's always there. He's busy. You know, he has his own schedule. He has his own things to do. But he always takes time to... Uh, listen to these people that uh, multiple, multiple people that I have put them with uh, in the East Coast, so you know, uh, it's not about the radio show, you know, which is great, it's not about the human solutions, which is more than great, it's about an individual wanting to help other people from what he knows, and uh, you know, Joe's very educated uh, how to help people with illnesses with CBD, so you know I'm very proud to be uh, because when I refer when I refer something to uh, Joe's organization, which is uh, WillowCreekSprings.com, for WillowCreekSprings.com, I know when I put these people in direct contact with Joe's organization that they are being helped in the right way. So much so, you know, Joe has taught me uh, a lot about CBDs, and uh, now I'm opening in the first ever. Head Cafe plus CBD shop in Philly, and the theme of this is to help people. I mean, there's such, there's such a, there's such an array of emotional and physical illnesses that uh, so many people have, and believe me, I'm learning. But Joe is Joe is to me, he's my professor. He has taught me, and uh, in a personal note, I had. I had a sister that uh, my sister uh, my sister d d same as my my good friend d d Kirkway out there north of l a you know she went through some tremendous emotional situations uh, you know she had lost her son not long ago, the only child and uh, I thought I was going to lose my sister because by the way doctors wanted to describe her, which they did describe her were all these kind of drugs. And, uh, you know, all the good and this, but it just took her down more. So finally, finally I uh, talked to her and uh, convinced her to deal with the WillowCreekSprings.com products. And believe me, my sister is laughing again. She's exercising. She's cooking. She became a whole person from the help from uh, Joe's organization and Joe's Expertise in administrating CBD. So, this is why this type of show is important. It's not, you know, uh don't don't get me wrong, you know, our fight is there. We have a lot of people that we're trying to bring home, and I hope we will, but we also have a lot of people out here that are in their own, they're in their own sentence, they're in their own cell, their own cage from a lot of illnesses, especially emotional. So, I want to share that with everybody. Uh, you know, this guy hosting the show, is much more than what you think, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you, Joe.
3: Oh, uh, shucks, George. Well, I tell you what, a compliment from you is, is a is a thousand compliments. I, I'm deeply honored to uh, be working with you, and um, I, I guess we're in the Mutual Admiration Club. <laughs> the bromance. Yes. oh
11: uh, um, brother from uh, so many, so many old people that I have put, uh, uh, you know, uh, WillowCreekSprings.com products with. It's helping so many, so many people. And, and it's totally legal, only totally CBDs, and amazing, amazing how many people were helping. And now it's getting to the point where people are, are, are seeking me out to put them in touch with the good people out in California, Joe and his family, etc. So. That's what it's all about, and, you know. From helping others, naturally we're going to help the incarcerated. So it's a, you know, it's a big, it's a big thing, and it's, it starts with just one individual and it grows. And I'm just so proud to be part of that. Thank you, Joe. We're
3: proud to have you with us, and uh, I look forward to seeing you very soon. Looks like we'll be uh, bumping pads again very shortly.
11: Okay. I- I'm waiting to head out west. I'm waiting to head out west. Thank you. All right, I'm
3: looking forward to it. Looking forward right, to man. it.
11: Thank, thank. you.
3: Thank you. All right, George Marcher on it once again. All right, we got Tom Corby to wrap it up. We're running a little bit of overtime, but I know a trick, and I it it allows me to do that when I see fit. Tom Corby, it's all you. How you doing today?
9: Uh, Well, thank you, Joe, and uh, Mary, Becca, Lisa, George, all those on the front line, not to forget Coffee Party Radio Show. Uh, It's awful quiet up here in North Cal. Again, I think every week I think it's so important. Why is that? That I used to, after we got busted and joined the Human Solution uh, approximately seven years ago, had I not... Uh, we probably would end up making some kind of BS plea deal. Uh, all plea deals, no matter how good they sound, a misdemeanor will end up screwing you. Uh, our mindset, and Joe will tell you, our mindset, like Frank and Ann here with me today, and all those is to take them on to trial. They can't do it. it we would have been done with this years ago, the problem is here, folks don't know. Uh had no idea what was going on uh, with our cannabis movement until I got busted and went to jail for four days. Uh, sad to say, sometimes that's the only time we ever wake up and really see the light. Vision. oh, Vision. <laughs> I've been fighting for my right to have cannabis for 51 years. We all know that Prohibition was illegal in the first place with Nixon, Mitchell, uh, DuPont, and Randolph Hearst with the paper, knowing that cannabis hemp actually uh, makes a better rope and makes better uh, paper. Uh, Furthermore, they are brought out today. We know they're all making money on us. Always follow the money from the border. To all the policemen, to judges, and the PDs, attorneys, of course, they don't want it legalized. And it was brought out uh, how the lobbyists, a lot of them, big farm lobbyists, had billions of dollars. And it's a tough road and a mountain climb for us, but I actually feel that we're gaining momentum to finding end of war. On cannabis uh, Reformations Miss uh, Are actually almost silly When you laugh at it uh, That if you take a hit uh, You're going to go crazy And uh, It's it's, uh, it's a sad uh, State of affairs When People uh, Don't get educated And they believe A lot of stuff Just because Somebody said so uh, always say check out the facts, uh, Google it, <laughs> and we always follow the money. And I want to thank everybody today, all those on the front line, always and coming together and volunteering to help be the solution to fight and prohibition. Uh, no one should go to jail for our plan. And all as always, no victim. There's no crime during no vacation always plays a huge role in getting your case dismissed or acquitted. Thank you all today, and don't forget to breathe. Yeah. Well, and, and I want
3: to thank you, Tom Corby. You are a warrior, a lion-hearted individual, and I am proud to call you a brother. Thank you, Bill. All right, folks. Tom Corby, NorCal Chapter and that's about the end of the time we got. So, Jay, um, you know, I, I, I always want to bring this point to it all. You know, none of the things that we do are for us. It never is, whether we get it or not. Uh, when we fight a battle and we stand tall and we don't just bow down and take their shit, it's bigger than us. And, and, and the whole point of all of this is that we're trying to, we're not trying. We are changing history. We, when, when, the, when the history books get written, whether they write it correct or not, we had something to do with the course that happened. We are pioneers. We're doing this. We are taking a situation that wasn't okay, and we're making it more
6: okay. We've got the arrows in our back to prove it. We
3: do. I, I pulled arrows, knives, spears, mm-hmm. uh, shotgun blasts. I've I, I've taken a few border rounds. I've taken it all, but the point is, is I know. it's worth it. We're making a difference, you know. Where we are today is better than where we are, even though it's not what I want. Even though it's not, you know, I I feel we we've actually gone backwards a little bit in going forwards. I think at the end, um, we're bringing it forward. It, we're we're making it happen. Every day. So, um, you Every know, day. anybody who thinks about. Standing up and, and, and fighting. Um, the message is, is very clear. There, there is an organization that is here to help, to, to organize, to orchestrate, to bring. We have, we have members, as, as you've seen on this show, from all across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, from, from, I don't know, I think we have members in 40 states. Um, and, and, you know, like Pete did, taking a moment to just bring everybody's thoughts together. Even when it's just that, when I was going through my case, people would say to me all the time, I'm there in spirit, and I would laugh at them because I'd say, well, I'd rather you were here in person. But the truth is there is some thought to that. There is something. The people, the power of prayer, the power of positive thinking, the power of thought, you know, our reality really comes from what we think. And, 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 And there's nothing else but what we think and feel and perceive. And, and what we project, and that's, that's what makes this reality. That is truly the public sentiment, and that's what we're here to foster, what we're here to, to uh, you know, hopefully cause this to be an inspiration. The reason we do this show is not only to give people that don't have a voice a voice, but to hopefully inspire more people to stand up when they feel like, you know, they're being oppressed. Most people are, are wrought with fear when... Um, law enforcement comes in on them over this in any way, shape, or form. Most of the people that I talk to are, are paralyzed with fear, and, and in a lot of ways, most of the good we do, I think, is just being there, just listening, just, just caring enough to pick up that phone. Even though most of the people that call in um, for support never really accept it, they, they usually go on and take some deal or whatnot, but just to know that for a moment,
0: uh, there was someone there. There was
3: somebody there, and, and and they get it. I I know a couple of people specifically that have touted that simply um, being able to reach Becca or one of our other people um, in a moment of despair kept them from doing something really horrible. Mm-hmm. And and I I can't help but think that there's probably more more cases than we'll ever know about um, where we're just hearing and being there made that much of a
6: difference um, by Kenya, um, yes, please. one point uh, tomorrow morning uh, Dr. William Eidelman is in front of the medical board I would mentioned when we began that they are looking to take his license I'll be bringing patients to testify on Dr. Eidelman's behalf tomorrow morning anybody in Los Angeles we are meeting at the medical, this is, a, this is a medical license hearing, and they are going to take his license unless we stand up and support someone who is a pioneer in this industry. It is 320 West 4th Street. That's 320 West 4th Street, room 360 at 9 a.m. Allison Margolian is his lawyer, and she's reached out asking for patients to come and support him. I will have a car full. We will be there in the morning. So if you're in Los Angeles or surrounding areas, um, join us, please. Yeah, this is uh, you know this is the first I heard of this, but um, I just found out.
3: Yeah,
6: yeah.
3: I, I know. It, you want to hear my biggest frustration? Come to me at the last last second. Tell me about something that's going to happen tomorrow. But the bottom line is, is Allison is is, yeah. is another lionheart, and um, she's always at the very the very last second of the last nanosecond. But she uh, can get stuff done, as as yeah. uh, as we all know. Anyways, uh, Dr. Eidelman is um, is an amazing individual, and there's a lot of doctors that have taken hits, and now Dr. David Allen, you know, basically. Lost his license over this. In the same way, he they gave him a course of action, but it was going to be very expensive, and he didn't want to. You know, he he opted to stay fighting rather than
6: to to bow to them and do what they asked. But um, and these actions put other doctors in fear, and that is the purpose of this. And that you take out a pioneer, and who goes behind them? Everybody that is watching. Yeah. And
3: doctors are fearful creatures, anyways. I've been working with doctors all my life, and my own dad, uh, while he was alive, supported my work, but he was afraid to put his for, face to it. I mean, for, he would write recommendations as a podiatric surgeon. This uh, is why. I know. This is why. And he mm. was always deathly afraid of them coming after his license, and, and rightly so. You know, a, a man or a woman spends
6: How many you years? Know,
3: 20 years
6: yeah. huh. in,
3: in medical school and, and residency and building a practice. And, and all the time and energy and, and, and the grueling, it's its not easy being a doctor, folks. Nope. And I wouldn't it's know other than watching out. other people do it. But it, it, it's, it's brutal, it's expensive, and it, and, and there are truly amazing people that have done it. And to have that at risk simply for being on the wrong side of a political line is very wrong. It's wrong in every way. So we need to stand by these doctors. We need to stand by everybody who's been victimized. By prohibition, and I don't use that word lightly. So let's do it, folks. Let's get together. Let's show up in LA. Let's be there for each other. Let's be a part of the solution. And I want to thank everybody that's been here. I want to thank Jay. He came all the way up from LA to be here. Uh, and, uh, you know, thank you. It's, it's, are you kidding me? It's an honor to be here. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's an honor to have you. I want to thank Lisa for making the whole live happen. Uh, I want to thank, thank uh, non compliant Mary for in the midst of of a very, very difficult time. She's right there screening calls for us. Um, I want to thank everybody else who joined the show, and, of course, our Canadians, um, and Glenn, and Peggy, and Pete, and uh, and Kirby, and and DeeDee, and all the rest. Um, I want to thank you all, and uh, we'll see you all next week.
9: Hi, I'm Willie Nelson. And the Willa Nelson Teapot Party and I endorsed The Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant.
1: Little things I should have said and done You were always on my mind